welcome, welcome this morning. Welcome everybody online and hello everybody here in the building with us. And uh, we're glad uh, you were coming in now and not when the rain and the hail was going sideways. Anybody out in that this morning at all? That was interesting. Yeah, uh, but you know, it's just a reminder of uh, just the, the bigness of the world and just the way that all kinds of amazing things can happen. And uh, sometimes those amazing things have to do with a lot of wetness. And a lot of rain, a lot of hail, and a lot of wind. But, well, we welcome you this morning. Uh, folks that are online with us, say hello. We want you to know that um, even though you're not here in the building with us, uh, that you are a part of the, uh, the online chapel service that's happening. We're grateful you're with us. Uh, if you need any information, uh, you can always go to ccmonline.org, uh, or you can go to our Facebook page, which has all the information of things going on uh, in, in the service and then during the week. And then also uh, we'll be doing prayer together and receiving communion together. So if you haven't already gotten some bread and some juice and elements to receive communion with us, make sure that you do that. And of course, you can put any prayer requests that you might have uh, uh, in the in the uh, information line on, on Facebook when you're on there. So uh, we say welcome to everybody online. And if, let's just breathe in for a moment. Breathe in the goodness of God and breathe out the pressure, maybe the difficulty of this week and let's rest in God's presence and we know that this past week uh, we've had moments of great joy and moments of great difficulty uh, we know kids that we've had moments where we feel really sunny inside and moments where we feel really cloudy and God is with us in all those times so if we can just take a moment, even in the silence, and let us give to God the things that have been both happy and the things that have been sad. And knowing that God has been with us in each of those things, releasing them to God. God, how grateful we are to be with our friends this morning, to be with our brothers and our sisters, uh, and to know that you are with us. You're in the midst of each conversation. You're with us as we break the bread and, and drink the juice, as we receive communion in the way that you did with your friends 2,000 years ago, Jesus. God, how grateful we are that you're with us. and we give you thanks and we're grateful that you're with us in our sadness and you're with us in our celebration in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit we pray Amen Amen, let's be seated for just a moment um, and as I mentioned at the beginning um, you either uh, received uh, a sticky note as you came in or you'll see there's some in the front or at the tables, I should say, and among the seats. And if there is a prayer that's on your heart uh, that you'd like to share with us that we can pray with you, uh, I believe Pastor Scott will be reading those with us in a moment. Um, and um, we'll be receiving communion praying together today. Um, and as we've done uh, a number of times in the last few weeks, we'll both have our 
our communion uh, ministers up front to serve it to you that way if you'd like to receive it that way receiving a blessing from them uh, or if you'd prefer there's also still the cups with the juice uh, and the wafer in the back so whichever way you'd like to receive it we can do that but just want you to know that as as we begin communion uh, and even as our, our communion servers come forward um, that you'll be able to bring up your prayers at any time. So it, it, during this section, maybe you'll want to light a candle um, or bring your prayers, whichever you'd like to do, stay right in your seat. Just know that um, that we're in agreement with you for that prayer time and that God is with you. And so uh, we will, we're going to just wait to have you come up to receive communion for just a moment. But I do want to invite my our ministry team to come on up. But let me just read to you the way that Paul described uh, the receiving of communion. Uh, we know that the Apostle Paul wasn't with Jesus and those first disciples, but he was among he was among the first that was like us to be included into this meal. And why don't we stand back up together? Uh, and I don't think I have that up there for you, so I apologize. But let me read this to you. And it says, Paul tells it like this, The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke that bread and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And we say with us, let's say it together, Jesus, we remember you. Jesus, we remember you. And it was in the same way that after supper, he took a cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. And do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And again, let's say, Jesus, we remember you. For whenever you, I, we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death and resurrection until he comes again. So what an amazing thing it is for us to experience the same meal that Jesus did with his friends. And so on this morning, we remember that Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. And it's through the experience of taking communion together that we're reminded of the great love of God. So we invite you to begin coming up. I don't know if our communion friends are ready. We invite you to begin to come up to receive it up front or in the back and to begin to bring uh, your prayers to the front. Uh, and you can bring it up if you'd like those sticky notes uh, onto the, the cityscape right there. And we'll begin to pray those prayers together in just a moment.
So what a beautiful moment for us to pray as a people as we're receiving communion. I'm reminded of Psalm 103 where the scripture says essentially that Jesus would one day give his life for us and to forget none of the benefits that he not only forgives us of our sins, but he heals us, he restores us, he refreshes us. So as we pray together, as we take communion, we remember the power of not just the cross, but the resurrection. And we are grateful for all that God has done for us. Today we pray over everyone uh, at the schools in the area and the region that hate would be replaced with love and healed hearts. Prayers for my mother. She is a way working hard to provide everything that we need. Speak a blessing over mothers, each one of our mothers. Praying for and asking for the pain in life to be processed well over time. Pray for healed memories. We pray, God, today for mental health for not only all of us, but we pray for a spirit of healing when it comes to mental health issues all around our country and around the world. We pray, God, we ask that you would meet us there calm minds, for a healthy mind, and we pray for the provision of jobs, careers that need to be influenced and opened up to you, God. We pray for miracles and blessings for one another and our families, for those online. We thank God for healing and provision. We thank God for salvation for family members, Barb and Terry and Kay, Matthew and Katie, Marty, Matt and Sandy. We pray for that for every family, for all of our friends. Continue to pray, God, for those that are in pain. We speak peace over those that are in pain. We ask for blessing prayers, God, for healing. We lift up everyone uh, that has cancer on this day, that's struggling with that. Those that know they have cancer, those that you know, they have something uh, not right in their body and it has to do with cancer. God, we speak life and health over every cell, every tissue, every muscle, blood cells, uh, every system in bodies, we pray for wholeness, God. We thank you for that. We pray for our friends in Haiti today. Uh, those that we know as they uh, live through the turmoil that's going on there that's so intense. And we pray for those that we may not know, but we know them by the Spirit today, God. And we bless them. We pray for our friends. Every one of us has friends, and we lift those 
friends that come to our mind right now, God. Thank you for joining us in that prompting. Thank you for bringing to our memory some of our friends, even as we pray today. We pray, God, for direction, for energy, um, for a refreshing. Especially, God, we pray that uh, you would bring settings for each one of us that we would be invited to and we'd pay attention to that could bring that kind of restoration in our lives. We join our friend and pray for a good life, for calm, for healthy children. Let's just reach our hands out. Um, if you have a child around, you just, you just reach kind of a hand toward the children and we just speak blessing over our children. We speak blessing over what will happen in this service later on for our children. We speak to those online, uh, the children that in those families, we bless them. We pray your goodness, whether they're in this room or not, if they are tied to this family, God, we bless them and we pray for your goodness. So grateful. We pray today for Allen, Texas. Our hearts break once again. And God, there are, there are things in this world that are so far beyond us. We want to make these things simple. We want to think that we can resolve the issues. But God, we need you to intervene. And we pray for healing for every family. We pray for those that uh, are injured or wounded that are still receiving medical attention for healing. And God, we pray for a move across our nation when it comes to the whole issue of violence and how we hurt one another so deeply. I pray for my whole family and that it would be best for everyone pray for everyone to be kind and helpful toward each other and someone else praying for their friends. I pray for my dog. We, we lift up every animal, every family, whether it's dogs or cats or whatever. So grateful, God, for uh, those companions you give us. And in this situation, we pray for a dog that's been bitten by another dog. We pray for healing. And um, we know that you care about everything in our lives, Lord. Praying healing for a daughter-in-law's father that's in the hospital. Praying for a friend that's struggling with addiction. We pray for freedom. Pray for a family, a, a son, his family, that you would overtake them, Lord, and heal them. We thank you, God. We give praise and thanks for Samuel's Bible study. Grateful for that. We just want to give praise. God is great. Amen. I want to do something because so central. We've been in this series on Nehemiah to kind of pull this together as a people. Why don't we stand? And prayer is so central to the to Nehemiah's story, and so encouraging. He had the 
He had the faith and the courage to ask for things that I think sometimes we're timid to ask for. He asked literally for God's favor. But he does it on behalf of the whole nation. He does it not just for his own well-being, but he asks for favor so that he could be a vehicle of God's goodness and grace. So I want you to bring to your mind right now anything that you would love to see God's favor on your life so that you could help God's kingdom come to the earth. It doesn't have to be gigantic, but it might be gigantic. It might be God just give me favor in conversation with my neighbor. Whatever it might be, it might be about health, it might be about you just want to walk in deeper peace. Whatever that is, bring that to your mind. Just like Nehemiah had kind of a list of things, and let's just hold that together right now. And right now, God, you know each and every one of our thoughts, each and every need, each and every place, each and every situation. Some might be thinking about their career, their work, their education, whatever it is, God. We hold these things before you like Nehemiah did, and we ask for your favor. We ask that you would give us favor in the sight of the world so that we could bring your kingdom in a more clear way. So we ask for these things, and we give you thanks in advance for all of these requests and the ones that were unspoken. We thank you in advance for the work that you are already doing on our behalf. We partner with that God. Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen, amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Crossroads. We're so glad you're here this morning in person and online. Um, if you're new today, we'd invite you to connect with us. You can scan this QR code. You can take out your phone anytime and, and nab it, and it'll take you to our welcome page where we can get um, connected with you, and you can sign up for our newsletter if you're interested in getting all of the news that we have. Um, also, uh, Food Pantry is tomorrow, so if we do need some volunteers, if you can stay after service for a few minutes and help us clear the room and set it up for Food Pantry, we would love the help. And if you want to come in to serve at our volu- volunteer at our Food Pantry tomorrow, you can arrive anytime after 5 o'clock and see um, Miss Peggy, and uh, she will tell you what to do. It's a lovely time, and we hope to see you there if you're available. And coming up, we have a couple um, things, special things. Um, This Thursday, it's finding out about Crossroads um, upstairs near the cafe. If you'd like to come and find out more about Crossroads and what we do here, the missions, the ministries, and meet um, some of our pastors, we'd love a chance to meet with you. So um, come and join us on Thursday. Um, Also coming up this coming weekend, we have two special things. We have um, a self-care Saturday um, that I'm uh, facilitating, and I have room for about five or six more women, so I would love to give you the gift of self-care and take good care of you. So if you're available to come on Saturday and get some self-care, you can sign up for that at our events page. And then on Sunday, we have child dedication. We're going to celebrate with our families that are dedicating um, their kids, so come here and be part of that as well. And what's last? Oh, um, last chance is if you'd like to get out on a lawn tractor this uh, season, we need room for, we have uh, need for a couple more lawn care volunteers, and um, you only serve once a month, I think, is it once a month? 
my husband's on the team, so once a month, and you're with a buddy, and you get to ride lawn tractors, and they have a really cool, great big one, too, so if you'd like to, um, <laughs> it scares me, but they have fun, so anyway, um, you can see uh, Pastor Charles and call him if you'd like to be part of that lawn care team, and that's what's happening. Thanks, Tracy. I want to begin this morning telling you about last month's headline about Haiti, saying Haiti may fall into Rwanda-level massacre. And for those of us who love our, our churches and schools in Haiti, this was jarring, to say the least. So I went to go see what Pastor Carlo was doing on Facebook, and of course, he was putting up pictures of children planting and signs of life in Christ. He put up pictures of our children in the schools learning and receiving instruction and a meal. He put up the picture of the, the basketball court that I've got your back, uh, our beloved nephew Isaac's family, the foundation they started after Isaac went to heaven. And they put together, do you know, they put together a basketball court for kids to be able to play basketball safely while there's gang violence. And many of you contributed to I've Got Your Back with that. And we just want to say, that is vision, my friends. When there is a headline or something happens in Allen, Texas or on the New York subway like it did this week, we need to be around people who have vision of heaven on earth and are actually looking for ways to bring heaven on earth or we will just pass out everybody we have got to be around people who are dreaming of a new heaven and earth and saying how can i be a part of that we must stop and take a moment and and in the silence hold the families in prayers that are living through such difficult situations all over our world and then we need to sidle up with a buddy that says, hey, let's pray together. Let's dream together. Let's hope together. Let's, let's get something on paper that starts to strategize how we can do such a thing to bring hope in the middle of a place. Oh, Lord, and then this week, $30,000 came in for Haiti. So, you know, that's all right. And I think to myself, we didn't even do like a, you know, we didn't say anything about anything this time. You know, we say a lot of things about a lot of things. But this, this, this is the hand of God to say to Pastor Carlo, keep planting plants. Keep feeding children, right? Keep teaching children. Keep showing up. Keep making spaces for kids to play basketball. Because I am with you. And I want to know that I am with you, God, all the time, because we live in a world that needs to have the good news. Amen? Amen. Well, you've been hanging out with Nehemiah and Scott, two of my favorite builders, and he's been giving you lots of information around the history. We're not going to do a lot of that today. We're going to talk about vision opposition, something I know a little bit about. 
Scott's taught us about Nehemiah being the important position of cupbearer. He finds out about the broken walls. He's heartbroken. He fasts. He prays. He prays for God's favor and direction. He lays out a plan to King Artaxerxes. King gives him permission and blessing and end sets off for a thousand-mile journey with everything he needs. Arrives in Jerusalem, surveys a situation, rolls out the vision to rebuild the city, and the rebuild begins. Come on, can you say it with me? The rebuild begins. Yeah, how many of you think that we might have some broken down walls after the last few years in, uh, in America, you know, even specifically in the church? I say let the rebuilding begin. Amen? Amen. All right. So today, the building project is moving along well, or as Scott would say, splendidly, but not without opposition from lurking provocateurs. There's always lurking provocateurs. Do you guys know that? They're lurking. They're lurking. They're lurking. Yes, they are. To try to keep us from dreaming and building and having the vision together. Okay. So, just a few scriptures from Nehemiah that we'll point out back in two, when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard about this, they were very much disturbed that children had come to, prom that someone had come to promote the welfare of the Israelites. Oh, that sounds terrible, to promote the welfare of other humans. But when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official and Geshem the Arab heard about it, they mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you're doing, they asked. Are you rebelling against the king? Nehemiah answered, the God of heaven will give us success, and we, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. And now we're in chapter 4. When Sanballat heard that they were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews, and in the presence of his associates in the army of Samaria, he said, what are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble, burned as they are? Tobiah, the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, what are they building? Even a fox climbing up on it would break down their wall of stones. Then Nehemiah prays again, hear us, O God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own head. Give them over as plunder in the land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. Now let's just, for a minute, remember that God's really not into this kind of prayer. Like, typically God's saying, Bless your enemies and pray for those who despitefully, right? But God knows you. Sometimes you just blurt out a prayer. You blurt one out. You go low. And Jesus is going, come up higher now. Come on now. So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height, and then the people worked with all their heart. But then in 6, it says, Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem, and the rest of our enemies heard that we had finished building the wall and that there were no gaps left in it. And although we had not set up the gates and the gateways, so Sanballat and Geshem sent me a message suggesting that I meet with them in one of the villages. Can you say it with me? In the plain of, oh no. This was a trick of theirs to try to harm me. I sent messengers 
Sanballat, Tobiah, and Gisham, and the rest of our enemies heard. Oh, there we go. I sent a message to them saying, I am doing an important work and can't go down there. This is better than trying to heap stuff on their head. Just say, I can't come. I'm not coming. The RSVP is no. I am not going to let the work stop just to go and see you. Throw a little shade. So here's what Winston Churchill said. He said, you have enemies? Good. That means you stood up for something sometime in your life. There you go. The greatest opposition to living your potential is not your ability or your inability, friends. But it is, your, it is when you accept dismissibility from the critics, even your own inner critic. When we let people dismiss us, or we talk ourselves into being dismissed, I'll never do it, can't do it. This is, you know, we're, we're doomed. We're doomed. What was that show? We'll never make it. No. We are to begin to say that don't dismiss me. Can you just look at somebody and say, don't dismiss me? Don't dismiss me. Now say to your own self, don't dismiss me. Right? Don't dismiss me. Because many times we dismiss ourselves and will not even see that the same power that rose Jesus Christ from the grave lives in you. And so that's something to say something about. Like the same spirit that conquered the grave lives in me. Okay. So this is what Machana Duawayo said. When they judge you, yawn. When they misunderstand you, smile. When they underestimate you, laugh. When they condemn you, ignore. When they envy you, rejoice. And when they oppose you, prevail. Don't, don't pray burning coals on heads. Right? Pray for those who oppose you. Who knows what might happen? Actually, let that be the fuel for you to keep looking up to God and saying, God, is this what you called me to? See, never receive insults to your personhood. Just yawn. They call you feeble Jews or the like, like Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem. That's STG, by the way, for the rest of the time. When they say you're feeble, yawn. Everybody yawn. Some people don't want you or your people to prosper. Laugh. Okay. Hey, whatever. Jesus, here I am. Here I am. They were disturbed that someone had, to come, to, had come to promote the welfare of the Israelites. Like, yeah, STG needed prayer. Some people don't like what you're doing. Ignore them. I didn't hear that. Somebody say something? Somebody talking? They mocked and ridiculed us. What is it you're doing, they asked. Are you rebelling against the king? Discern who is, who is, who is. Okay. Asking the questions that serve God's vision and your potential. So get rid of that one who is. Discern who is asking the questions that serve God's vision and your potential. Opposers. Question your motives. 
allies ask beautiful, open-ended questions that help you find your next steps. So sometimes people aren't opposing you. They're actually helping you get another question so that you can do it better than you're already doing it. So don't think anytime someone asks you a question, they're your opposition, right? But if they're questioning your motives, mm-mm, nope, nope, can't hear you. Some opposers and some friends can't make the climb with you. They want you in the valley of oh no. You know what I'm talking about? So here is this beautiful thing. You know, he says, I ha I'm doing an important work and I can't go down there. And I am not going to let, you, let the work stop just to go and see you. And said that. Ni. Nihai. Maya. Anything you want to call him. He is clear. He is clear. I am not going to stop the work to go down and see you. No, no, no. Not going to play. I'm not going to pray for things to hit you in the head. But I'm not coming down. I'm doing a good work. I'm doing a good work. I'm doing what I believe God wants me to do. I'm going to keep doing what I believe God wants me to do. And by the way, we all know that that doesn't mean you really are doing what God wants you to do. You know, Merton said it best. Oh, my God. The fact that I think I'm doing your will does not mean I am. But the desire to please you does, in fact, please you. And I pray that I have that desire in everything I do. I really pray that. But you want to say some friends want you to come down to Ono because they can't make the climb with you. You know, I've, I've done a lot of mountain climbing with Scott. We've done Camelback. We've done the Peak in Colorado. We've done Telluride. Um, we've done a lot of, we did Mount Zion. You know, we've done a lot of mountain climbing. And um, sometimes uh, we have to drive. You know what I'm saying? Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like, let's drive up to that peak, right? And then we'll walk the last 10 steps and say we did it. But the truth is, some people cannot make the climb with you in your life. And I think um, one of the things that Michelle Obama said, some friends don't have the oxygen to make the climb, really goes with this idea. Because it's not always those people like Sam Ballot, Tobiah, and Geshem. It's also sometimes your best friend that doesn't have the oxygen to make the climb with you. It's really true. I promise you. You know, there are friends that I have loved at different seasons of our life. But as Scott and I have continued to go where God called us, and I don't mean climb like a better place, but climb to the altitude we were made to live in. Not everybody is made to live at 14,000 feet or 10,000 feet, right? Some of us, God intended for us to live in Michigan. There are, you know, so what we want to say is, God, where do you intend for me to live? Where the oxygen is plenteous for me, the way I'm made. You know, sometimes when people oppose us, we start treating them like enemies, and we say, they just can't make the climb. And you know, that's, no, that's not kind. Not that I've never said it but I think I'm kinder than I've been before. I think I keep learning to say, you know what? All of us have a level of oxygen we're intended to take in from the level we're called to live at. 
when I think about not going back down to the valley of oh no, um, I'm sure there were fine people who lived in oh no. You know, sometimes valleys get bad raps, but they're not all bad. Like there's really fertile ground in valleys. You ever seen the valleys that grow the vineyards and stuff like that? It's gorgeous. I, I wanna say, so we don't diminish people who are in valleys ever, right? But where am I supposed to be taking in oxygen right now, God? And who are the people that can climb with me where I'm supposed to go so that we can live and love well together? That's Scott. Scott always has more stamina, and he's never gotten altitude sickness. I've gotten altitude sickness twice when we've gone into the mountains. And then I learned you have to bring like a can of oxygen, take a hit when you start feeling, and it's not like vaping. Do you guys know what I'm talking about, oxygen in the can? Have you been to an oxygen bar up in the mountains? Very, very important that we actually take in oxygen when we realize, look, okay, I'm trying to stay up with you, Scott, having a little bit of trouble here. Okay, we can stop, drink a big thing of water, right? Then we'll hit the oxygen bar, and then we'll go up a little bit more. So we don't diminish people if they're having challenges on the journey, right? But we do not come down where we're not called. We continue to go where God has called us to. Training for low oxygen environments involves acclimatizing the body to those changes, which can enhance your performance and minimize the risk of altitude sickness or even death. Super important. Super important. So let opposers and even friends stay in oh no. If you're not supposed to live in oh no, don't come down. Stay where you can dream. And then find some people who want to make the trip with you even if they have to pack oxygen. We need each other. We need people like Pastor Carlo that keep putting up plants and teaching and we need people that are sitting next to us saying, you know what, don't come down. Don't, don't come down from what you're supposed to be doing right now. I don't know what you're facing relationally right now. I don't know what you're facing in any area of your life. But what I do know is God can make your feet like hinds feet. And you can dwell in the high places you're supposed to dwell in. And so this opening up to the breath of God, the name of God, Yahweh. Your first breath, Yahweh. And your last breath, Yahweh. Open up to the breath of God to know what is yours to do in the world, where you're supposed to be building, what you're supposed to be dreaming about. Don't come down, friends. In fact, if you've lost oxygen and you feel like you're not dreaming, you're just dizzy and have vertigo, take a rest, get the help you need, call a spiritual friend, call a, a, a therapist, get someone to come alongside you and say, Let's, we're going to get your uh, groove back, Stella. We're going we're gonna to find your dream again, Stella, right? And, and be brave enough to pursue dreams that you might not even be doing the right thing as you're praying to God, 
The fact I think I'm doing your will does not mean that I am, but I pray that the desire to please you does, in fact, please you. And I pray that I will have that desire no matter what I'm doing. And then you will never let me face perils alone. Let's stand together. Today in the lectionary, it just so happens that 1 Peter is the epistle. Let's read it together. As you come to Christ, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. Let's read it again. And you come to Christ, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. Let's take a breath and a moment in the silence here with the scripture. You can keep your eyes on the passage if you like, or you can soften your gaze or close your eyes as I read it to you one more time. As you come to Christ, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. Take a breath. All the stones in Nehemiah's walls were burned with fire, broken down. Nehemiah had to see the cornerstone. Be willing to be even rejected by humans. But chosen by God. Precious to God. And become a living stone that is a part of what God is building in the world. You're being built into a spiritual house. So as I read this to you again, as you come to Christ, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. So just see yourself as a moment as a living stone, chosen by God, precious, and that there are other living stones to the right and to the left of you that you live with, eat with, work with, play with. Neighbors, opposers, friends, they're all here, and so maybe their names will come to you, maybe their faces, that you realize you've got a little bit of opposition or you've lost your vision because you're a burnt stone. And just take a breath and breathe in the reality that you are a living stone, chosen and precious. God, God, you chose us. Before the foundations of the world, you chose us. Just breathe it in, friends. Lift your head toward heaven. You have been chosen. You have been chosen and are precious to God. 
And if you don't believe it, just start to say it to yourself. Stop the inner critic voice opposing you and allow yourself to breathe in the reality that you are chosen and precious and let it start to blow off the burnt ashes. Chosen and precious to God. And so God, I bless my friends. I pray they feel your hands walking with them all week long. Well, not walking the hands, but holding them all week long. May each of us experience the power and the presence of God leading us to the heights that we would have hinds feet on high places, the place where you've called us to dwell. And we bless our opposers. We bless those who are not able to make the climb with us. May you give them the oxygen they need where they are. And may we never go down where we have not been called. Bless my friends, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys. Have a beautiful week.